0: if you would, please open up with me in your Bibles to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1. If you were here last Sunday, you know uh, that we had a prelude to this out of the book of Acts, and so hopefully you were expecting it. Uh, postscripts as well. Uh, I, I was uh, trying to whet our appetite a little bit uh, for this letter of Paul to the Ephesians. And and, and while y'all are getting there, while you're opening up, uh, we'll have some context in the middle uh, uh, of this sermon. But uh, just very quickly, this, the sermon series. As I prayed, and, and again, even, even through the Advent series and before, uh, we've been moving somewhere in God's word. Uh, we, we went somewhere particular during uh, the heat of... Of the pandemic when the entire country as it were had shut down and we were in my basement if you recall we were somewhere uh, a particular in the Bible uh, a movement of God's people uh, likewise when we came back initially we were somewhere and now as we come into 2022 we're somewhere on purpose and it's the letter to the Ephesians with with this With this series title, and I hope you saw this, it'll be here every Sunday, Ephesians Encouragement and You. The letter to the Ephesians has been described in many ways. Uh, It could be considered uh, 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 kind of one of uh, Paul's greatest, uh, by the Holy Spirit of course, uh, greatest letters. A lot of times Romans is considered that. But in this letter to the Ephesians, you get the fullness of Christian belief and the fullness of Christian practice, all in six chapters, okay? Uh, you get it to a, a, a people who were in need, if you recall, we had a most riotous prelude, right? Uh, the people in Ephesus were not so pleased with the church. We find ourselves in a place nowadays, not Colombia, not America, the world, that's not so pleased with the church, Right? We've been getting there a little bit. I hope that y'all have seen. And, and so, uh, as I began to pray and think, Lord, where would you have us to be? What do we need? Well, I've noticed something that's been creeping in, not to just our fellowship, but, but into our society. It could be partially pandemic-oriented. Uh, maybe that was just something that revealed what was already happening. And it was discouragement. Frustration. But, but what is a definition for encouragement? That's kind of a joke because we were straying away from definitions in our Advent series. But, but I think that we need to think about what encouragement is. And, and it's easy to see encouragement and discouragement in this way. Discouragement is a negative moving force. It's something that pulls you back, stops you, or hinders you. Encouragement is a positive moving force. That is something that something that gets you moving, that pulls you forward, that encourages you, as it were, right? That that indwells within you courage, you might say. And you can't be brave, you can't have courage unless there's fear around, and fear that you're conquering, right? And we find ourselves in a place where where there is much encouragement to be had. But but are you encouraged? Have you thought about whether you're an encouragement or a discouragement to those around you, to yourself, wherever you find yourself? What about God? Does God encourage you or does he discourage you? What does that mean when you really think about it? Ephesians starts to get us to... To begin to see that that there is much encouragement to be had for the Christian. And and that's exactly our main point. This, This positive moving force, we see it in the first two verses. There is much encouragement from God in the Christian life for us to grab hold of. My prayer is that we might do that as we begin a new year. Positive moving force. Something that might even put a smile on our face. Could you imagine? Let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, Lord, would you encourage us this morning? Would you, would you positively move us forward? And would you do it for your name's sake? In Jesus' name, amen. All right, our main point, remember, is that there is encouragement from God in the Christian life. Uh, we've got two verses to read. This is uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 and two. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. The grass withers, the flowers, they fade, but the word of God, it remains forever. And we can praise God for this truth. Three points will help us to get uh, 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 to the fuller truth that, that there is much encouragement for the Christian from God. Number one, God's will is to allow service. Number two, there are faithful ones in Christ of which we are. And then number three, grace and peace is in God. First then, God's will is to allow service. And if you were trying to track in these verses, you'll notice that that word will is found there. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God. Paul has been placed somewhere into some peculiar service, uh, not by himself, but by God. Uh, Paul is a Roman citizen Paul is also a Jew of Jews. He is a a part of God's people and a part of, if you wanted to say it like this, the Gentiles. So that would have been scandalous to say in the day. And of course it is scandalous here as we find Paul uh, before his conversion, before the Lord Jesus said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Paul was a great persecutor of the church. He would have killed me if he met me. Or if he didn't lay the hand on the stone himself. Would have told those who would. There he is. Go and kill. If you don't believe me you can find this in the beginning chapters of the book of Acts. Uh, Paul was trained up in God's word. But not only was Paul trained up in God's word. Paul was trained up in, uh, in God's word in a faulty way. He was trained up to obey rules. To listen and obey. What do you think of when you think of the Ten Commandments? Sometimes I say this. I wish that y'all would remember it. But if you don't, you'll remember it this time. Because I'll say it. What are the Ten Commandments? Well, they're rules, right? No. They're not rules first. They're the revealing of God's character first. They're the utter and, and, and uh, 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 full summation of who God is in his morality, which is why they begin by a reminder in Exodus chapter 20, verse 1, for instance, not with don't do this, but with remember who I am, the one who delivered you out of Egypt. It begins with salvation and then reminds the people why this saving God is doing what he's doing because he is perfect and just and that encapsulates grace and mercy as well. But Paul didn't get that part. He only got the rules. And you know what? Typically, we only get the rules too. And if we don't get the rules, we get some neutered version of the gospel that really is quite similar. Where when we don't get the fullness of the reality of the will of God, we find ourselves in this this Paul scenario where we need Jesus to up in front of us and say, Jeremiah, Jeremiah. Why are you persecuting me? Why are you leading my people astray? Or etc. Right for you. And for uh, those around us. This, this Paul has been called to a peculiar position. And, and it's not just a conversion. It's not just this moment where Paul says, oh my goodness, I see now the light. I see the reality of who Jesus is. And now I'm going to join myself as a member of a local church. No, God's call upon his life is much grander than that. Though Paul himself would remind us in humility of his sin and weakness over and over and over again. No, Paul is one, though untimely born, 1 Corinthians 15, though untimely born, though, though after Jesus's ministry, nonetheless Paul has been called and sent into formal ministry by God. That's what, that's what apostle means, sent, okay? He, he is, with formality, a messenger of God. If this was the Old Testament, Rather than the New Testament, the people of God would have said, oh, you're a prophet. And Paul would have said, yes, you're right. And a little bit more. Because Jesus has revealed something to us. A new way, a better way, a fuller way is maybe the best way to put it. Paul the apostle. But, but this wasn't Paul's plan. This was God's plan. And that's very important. Why is Jeremiah a pastor? Was it my plan? No. I tried to be an aerospace engineer. And God wouldn't let me. That's why Charles Haddon Spurgeon, that famous Baptist minister from a couple hundred years ago, was known to tell his students, try to do everything else except for being a pastor. Because if you can, then God hasn't chosen you for this call. But if you can't, don't worry. He'll lead you down the path no matter what. You can't get out of that call. He will lead you. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? I have something for you to do. Right? And he reveals that. You see that in Acts nine ten, moving forward. There's more though. Secondly, there are faithful ones in Christ. Because not only is is Paul this apostle by the will of God, there's this call on his life, this movement forward. He's he's writing this this letter to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. Uh, There are those who find themselves in a place that is very large and that doesn't care about God at all, who... Who They care about God and they want to know how it is that they move forward well. How they move forward in the will of God. How they do this thing called life on this side of the veil. That is on earth where sin still pervades everything. And yet they are desperately trying to move towards heaven, towards righteousness, towards faith. And what does Paul write? He writes, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. Uh, Sainthood has a bad rap nowadays, right? Because of the Catholic Church and and the veneration of the saints. We should not venerate saints at the equal status of Jesus or of God or or even at a station below. No, uh, uh, we shouldn't do that at all. And yet, there is a reality that each and every one of you are saints. If you are confessing in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are found worthy. You are sanctified is what saint means. And, and, and because of that then, because of God's work, because of this sanctification work, that means this work of God on your behalf, because of, of God's call and movement in your life, you are then faithful in Christ Jesus. You might find yourself in sin. You might find yourself in Ephesus, Columbia. A a workplace that doesn't like Jesus. A place where you feel like maybe if you said Jesus out loud and it's not a curse, you might be looked at askance. You might find yourself there but God's work in your life has, has not only put you as a citizen of Columbia but has put you as a citizen of heaven, a saint In the kingdom of God for all eternity. That is you. You can find these saints in Ephesus when you get there. Because of their faith in the Lord Jesus. They are faithful ones in Christ. It doesn't mean they're perfect. But it means there's movement. But let's come back to that. Remember positive forward movement. Encouragement. But let's keep going. Thirdly, grace and peace is in God. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Who's giving the grace and the peace? Is it God our Father? Is it the Lord Jesus Christ? Where's the Holy Spirit? It's God, right? It's God. That's who's giving it. And we see this once again that that God the Father's plan is God the Son's plan. And God the Spirit needs no introduction for him to do his work in your life. Of which he is doing because you're found in Christ and are faithful saints. And the only way you can be sanctified is by God working in your very soul. And and as God works, what happens? Well, there is grace and there is peace. And what is grace? Grace is actually the very thing that shouldn't be mentioned with the name of Paul unless Paul was converted to a truth beyond what he was trained in. Because remember, Paul saw those Ten Commandments and Paul thought rules. Paul knew that he must have the lineage. He must have the money. He must have the power. He must have the station. He must have the knowledge. He must Be all of these things, including it up to a perfect obeyer of the law in order to find God to be well pleased with him. And grace is the exact opposite. We'll use the thief on the cross as an example. The thief on the cross, a 'er ne'er-do-well, who apparently stole something or did something enough to get him uh, one of the worst and most humiliating uh, 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 pariah-like punishments, uh, uh, which is the execution by crucifixion in the Roman Empire. And this thief on the cross, who perhaps knew about Jesus, perhaps was in a crowd when Jesus was preaching, maybe, but on the cross acknowledges Jesus. And what does Jesus tell him? I'll see you tonight around the supper table in the kingdom of heaven. What did he do? He did nothing. That's what grace is. It's an unmerited gift. Why do we give presents at Christmas? Why did God send his son as a gift? Why do we say that salvation itself Faith itself is a gift. Ephesians chapter 2. We'll get there. It's grace, and it's God's grace, an unmerited gift to His people. Mary Emmeline and I were reading from that Christmas present that you boys got Theology. Some of our other children got it as well. And there was this page with a train, and the train tracks are broken it looks like a bullet train and the author his name is Marty Mikowski he said that we are like runaway trains and the train tracks are broken and we cannot stop ourselves we are dead apart from the Lord and God reaches out and gives us life maybe to keep the thing going he pulls the emergency brake right and stops us Diving off the tracks. God gives us life. He gives us grace. And, and that, that grace merits something as well. Grace and peace. Because as this gift is extended, we've got to remember the contents of it. Because the contents is, is literally unadulterated presence of God. What we get Uh, uh, from God's grace is the capability the ability to do that which we were created to do which was to be near and in and upon God and to worship him and glorify him without falter or failure and That's what the good news of the Lord Jesus is What is the good news? Children somebody want to yell it out. What is the good news? What's the good news? Now, I know it's weird because you're going to talk in church. Somebody want to yell it out? Weston, Weston, what's the good news? Mary and Milan, did y'all forget my Sunday school class? What's the good news? I'm, I'm going to stand here and look at y'all. This is Sunday school teacher, not pastor, right now. I know you know it. What's the good news? Jesus saves us. That's right. God saves us. We were learning about the judges. And and God raised up the judges to save us. To save us. And with salvation comes a moment where we can stop. And everything is fine. Elsewhere in the Bible, Paul describes it as a quiet life. Jesus' miracles show it as health. You couldn't see, now you can. I hope that makes you feel better. You couldn't walk, now you can. I hope that makes you feel better. There's a storm raging, and you think you're going to drown? No, there's not. It's all calm. There's peace now with grace with the gift of salvation comes a moment uh, where where we can live our lives in a way that doesn't condemn us that doesn't confront us that that doesn't point a finger at us but but allows us to move in a way that that is positive it's God bringing us along in encouragement and and that's exactly where we might apply this text as we get closer to the end each of us have a call By God's will. To show our God-given faithfulness in Jesus. Which reveals the essence of grace that has been given or bestowed. And then affords us peace. Are you at peace in life? Are Are you at peace? Really answer it because God wants you to be at peace God is not a God of chaos if I might say it this way God is a quiet God a whispering God a God who sends a baby in a manger and not a king to the castle are you at peace In our lives, God has given us opportunity. Uh, this opportunity, uh, probably not like Paul's because none of us are apostles, including myself, okay? Uh, however, he has given us a call. He has given us an opportunity to move on his behalf uh, the, the way that we should. And and that's not a job like a vocation or something like that. Those can change. That uh, That's not uh, like... Um, uh, like marital status or something. No, no, that's, that's not, it's not children or it's nothing like that. It's, it's, it's this call, this movement at any given time that the Holy Spirit is rising up. It can be those things that I just mentioned, but it is not those things. And, and as he's moving in our lives and our very souls and, and, we're, and we're being positively moved forward towards an end goal, which is to look like Jesus and not like the world, to be in the presence of God and not in the presence of the world. And, and so as we're doing this, we have already been given salvation. And so now we're not little Paul before he was born again were not Paul's trying to obey the Christian rules. Because if I can obey the Christian rules, then I'm fulfilling my call. No, that's not it either. Because God said that Jesus fulfilled that. Jesus obeyed the rules to save you. And and so now, what does it mean then to exercise our faithfulness? If we're called saints... If we are faithful ones in Ephesus or in Columbia, what what does that look like then? What is God's will for us as faithful ones, as saints? Because that's who we are at centennial for all who confess in the Lord Jesus. We're faithful ones, we're saints who are being called by the will of God in grace and in peace, not only to receive that, But to extend that like the Lord Jesus himself did. Like Paul did. Like the judges did. Right, children? Come on. That was quite disappointing. We're going to have to work on that. Right. Got it, man. But what does that mean? Let's do an exercise. Uh, Who lives in Chapin? Chapin. Where are my Chapin people at? Hi, raise hands. Oh, we got two, three. Forest Acres and Arcadia Lakes. How about that? Three. Northeast Columbia. Three, four, five. Downtownish. Lexington. Who? West Columbia. What else am I missing? Who's far? Who's super far? Where's Lynn at? Who's super far away? <laughs> Newberry. <laughs> <laughs> it would blow my mind if there was another Newberry person here. Uh, listen, y'all. Um, okay, uh, who's an engineer? One, two, three, four. Doctors, PAs, nurses, healthcare. Oh, four, five. School, college, teacher, under. Yeah, who goes to school too? Everybody in school right now. One way or the other. School's coming, by the way. Here we go, y'all. But not all our hands are raising, are they? Who's the pastor? Yes, sir. It's okay, y'all. Listen, uh, this is the call of God in our lives, right? This is the moment where we begin to see that we are unique individuals uh, that, that find ourselves being called as saints in not Ephesus, but Columbia. And not Columbia alone, but Centennial. And we're all driving remarkable distances, passing, if I think correctly... Only one family in our church does not pass an ARP church to get here, let alone a Bible-believing, Reformed church. And so why are we here? Why are we still here? It's because it's the will of God that we exist. And God has a plan for us. And he's positively moving us forward in that plan year by year, over and over, that we might continue to worship and glorify him, to reveal our faithfulness, to reveal our sainthood, if you wanted to say it like that, to extend the grace and the peace. But how are you doing it? Are you at peace? And how are you doing it? connected that's the application and that's what Paul answers in Ephesians he gives us in chapters 1 through 3 how we plant ourselves in God and he gives us in chapters 4 through 6 how we extend ourselves from that planted foundation and and at the very end If you really wanted to see something special grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Ephesians 6 verse 24 grace be with you all but what's before it in verse 23 peace be to the brothers grace and peace peace and grace they are connected and if your life is not peaceful consider what it means to be founded On that which God has given us and what it means to extend from that which God has given us and and as we exercise these calls on our lives that are unique I am not in uh, XYZ school you are not here at 1809 Bowl tomorrow morning we're in different places and we get to do the very same thing to a larger group God is doing something special here but we must be ones who are are seeing God's encouragement, which is a positive moving force, are experiencing God's encouragement, which is a positive moving force, and then are extending that same encouragement. This is the call of God in our lives. And let me just close with this before we go to prayer. I used a silly illustration with the airplane Uh, Calls on our lives and exercising those things can be a little bit scary sometimes. And as I prayed about it, it is just like a plane. Uh, I don't know how many of you have gotten on a plane. Uh, A car will work very similarly. Okay? Uh, when, When you get on the plane initially, when you come to faith... It feels really fast. Oh, right? You're, you're, you're back in the seat. And then you're taking off. And your stomach kind of drops a little bit. Oh, and you take off. But you're actually not going as fast as you do. When you're up and cruising. You're going way slower. Way, way slower. And then when you're in the sky. You are zooming. But it doesn't feel like that. You're up in the sky cruising. And you never know. How fast you're going until. You hit a little turbulence or you turn. Oh, I flew up to Pennsylvania from my grandfather's funeral a couple weeks ago, and oh, we had some weird turning, and I thought, man, I'm, it made me a little sick. Right? I, I was very aware of the turns. You can be aware of the turns in your life, it's easy to see. You can be aware of taking off, it's easy to remember. What's your testimony? When you came to faith, you can be very aware of when you land. And you transition across the veil your family will remember and you will on the other side but but cruising at altitude is where we need to begin to keep track of where we're moving and why to see where we're going and why to know how fast we're going and why to know when we're turning and why And to know why we're feeling turbulence. And to adjust. These things are coming in 2022. It's going to be a good ride though. A positive moving force. Because we're going somewhere. Because God is good. And God is God. And we are his people. Let us be encouraged by him and his word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you. Thank you for your good word. Thank you for your encouragement. We need it. Uh, This world is super discouraging. And yet, God, you are an encouraging God. You are one who extends grace and peace. You are one who extends yourself. We know from the lips of Jesus that anyone who beholds him beholds you. And so, God, thank you. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that indwells each of us who confess. And, God, may we be ones who are found faithful saints in the kingdom, extending grace and peace to others. In Jesus' name, amen.